The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you be filled with sorrow because of Saul? I have refused to have him king over Israel. Fill your animal horn with olive oil. Go on your way. I am sending you to Jesse in Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? Suppose Saul hears about it. Then he'll kill me. The Lord said, Take a young cow with you. Tell the elders of Bethlehem, I've come to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice. Then I will show you what to do. You must anoint for me the one I point out to you. Samuel did what the Lord said. He arrived at Bethlehem. The elders of the town met him. They were trembling with fear. They asked, Have you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, I've come in peace. I've come to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. Set yourselves apart to him and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he set Jesse and his sons apart to the Lord. He invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab. He thought, This has to be the one the Lord wants me to anoint for him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider how handsome or tall he is. I have not chosen him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outside of a person, but the Lord looks at what is in the heart. Then Jesse called for a minadab. He had him walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord hasn't chosen him either. Then Jesse had Shammah walk by. He hasn't chosen him either. Jesse had seven of his sons walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord hasn't chosen any of them. Are these the only sons you have? No, Jesse answered. My youngest son is taking care of the sheep. Taking care of the sheep. Send for him. We won't sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for his son and had brought him. He looked very healthy. He had a fine appearance and some handsome features. Then the Lord said, Get up and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel got the animal horn that was filled with olive oil. He anointed David in front of his brothers. From that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. Samuel went back to Ramah. Well, it was awesome to have Gideon reading our scripture for today. Uh, I want to give you uh, a gear up update. Thanks to donations that have come in so far, we've been able to purchase a media computer, which we're actually using for the first time right now. Some other items are ordered and, and a few of them are back ordered. Thanks, COVID. Uh, but here's why we're gearing up. This is why we need to do this. We've been recording our online service on Thursdays. Uh, this is because we can't currently simultaneously record the entire service while having an in-person service. Also, we don't have the gear to do our best with the recording, especially to capture the entire stage when a full band is present. And we're maxing out, we were maxing out this media computer from 2013, and we still need one more computer dedicated to the live stream and any additional editing uh, midweek. Stephen and Dave and Ben have already been part of running uh, the Ethernet cable uh, to the video switching booth to ensure uh, a quality connection. And, but finally, the big why is that anyone and everyone we want to reach for Jesus is online.
Uh, there are people who will and already do check out our online services. And even if everyone could meet in person, some will not come through the doors of a church. But our prayer is that they will come through our online experience. That's why we want your help. Whether it's $1,000 or $10, we are equally contributing towards our goal. We're close and we're going to reach the goal together. So will you join us in Gear Up? You'll see on the screen ways that you can be a part of this with us. Let's open in prayer before going into today's message. Father, thank you so much for this season of time. You've, you've been guiding us through this. And uh, Father, thank you so much for Gideon, for his life and for uh, his opportunity to read today's scripture for us. It was awesome uh, to hear that from him. We pray a special blessing over him and his family at this time. And as Samuel was taught earlier in the book, we uh, also say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in this summer series called Great Bible Stories. Today's story is about David, specifically the Lord selecting David and Samuel anointing David to be king of Israel. Originally, I thought the message would be all about David. It is about him, of course. It's sort of an origin story. David begins, you know, like Batman begins. But in this message has turned out to have much more to do with Samuel. Sort of an Alfred begins. When are they going to make that movie? Our great Bible story for today takes place one chapter before the famous David and Goliath story. When people ask me about my favorite Bible verse, I almost always reply with the verse from today's passage. 1 Samuel 16, 7 reads, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Some quick backstory about Samuel about Israel and about Saul. First, Samuel, his parents dedicated him to the Lord. Samuel's mom, Hannah, couldn't conceive and pleaded with the Lord, vowing to dedicate Samuel to the Lord and never cut his hair. Samuel's name in Hebrew sounds like asked of God uh, or heard by God. So Samuel was dedicated to the Lord, and as a boy, he served alongside Eli the priest. The Lord spoke to Samuel when he was a boy. Scripture says, as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. Samuel bridges the gap in Israel's history between the leadership of judges and the leadership of kings. The transition from King Saul to King David, from tribes to a united kingdom, and some say from theocracy uh, to a monarchy. Next, Israel. Israel was heavily influenced by foreign nations and foreign gods. They wanted to be like other nations and have a human king. For Samuel 10, 19 says, no, we want a king instead. What they needed was a humble and faithful king. What they got was Saul. Saul, although he was head, he stood head and shoulders above anyone else. He was sort of cowardly, scripture says, but when they looked for him, he had disappeared so they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, he is hiding among the baggage. He became the first king of Israel. 
But as we read, he's often dishonest, lacking integrity. Uh, He's not obedient to the Lord. Now, it's easy to pick on Saul until we see a little bit of Saul in the mirror or in our lifestyle or leadership, etc. And I think just before we continue, there is a temptation to criticize or idolize certain biblical characters. The danger with one is that we become uh, hypocritical. And the problem with the other is that other than Jesus, they will all let you down. Now we've got a little bit of backstory. Let's go back to the main passage, which Gideon read for us early, earlier. Our story begins in Ramah, where Samuel is from, and the rest takes place in Bethlehem. So we're reading from 1 Samuel 16 in the New Living Translation, which will be on the screen. If you have a device, you can read along as well or, or get out your handy Bible and uh, follow along verse by verse with us. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Essentially, the Lord said, go. He was entrusting Samuel with an important task. The start of verse 2 says, but Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. So how familiar does that sound? God says, go, and we say, how? We naturally put our own point of view ahead of God's point of view. This was logical. It's hard to carry out an assignment if you're dead. Verse 2 continues, take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. I want to highlight this. God provided a way forward. Don't miss the end of verse 3. The Lord said, Now I will show you which one of his sons to anoint for me. And, And again, hear that. I will show you which son to anoint for me. When the people wanted a king, God gave them Saul. When God wanted a king, he was going to make sure he chose the right man for the job. Verse 4 continues by saying, So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. Remember I mentioned that God spoke to Samuel as he was a boy? Well, Eli, the priest, taught him to respond, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Not just to listen, but to hear and obey. Now hold on. We're saying that God speaks to man. At the start of chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, it says, Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. Similar to today, probably. Uh, God was doing something special, though. Samuel became a prophet. Samuel listened. Samuel didn't hold anything back that the Lord gave him to say. And remember that verse from earlier? As Samuel grew up, The Lord was with him, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. It's because the Lord was with him and because Samuel was obedient. Remember, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Not just to listen, but to hear and to obey. Remember Ebenezer? If you had read earlier uh, in 1 Samuel, I don't mean Scrooge, but the large stone that that Samuel placed in chapter 7 that he named Ebenezer because it means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord helped us. Up to this point, Samuel had realized the Lord had helped him. God knows what's best. He knows what he's doing. 
Samuel can trust the Lord, even though this story, in this story, the Lord didn't respond specifically uh, about Saul, who Samuel rightfully thought might want to kill him. And just a side note, and, and perhaps a spoiler alert, if you haven't, um, you know, ever checked out A Christmas Carol, Ebenezer started out hard as stone, but became the stone of help in the end. Thanks, Charles Dickens. Now back to verse 4. Samuel did as the Lord instructed. You're going to see this is a theme that, that keeps coming up. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. Samuel went along with the Lord's plan. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. He's the oldest son. He's the tallest maybe the most leadership experience, similar to Saul, who outwardly was head and shoulders above the others. How often do we uh, go with our physical expectations, what seems to be the obvious choice? Now, on to verse 7. This is my favorite Old Testament verse. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Hebrew says, man looks at the face and the Lord looks at the heart. Face versus heart, expectations versus reality, or in today's culture, Instagram versus reality. So far, we have Samuel, who God recognized and called at a young age. We are about to see David, who God also recognized and called while he was young. There's a theme trending. It's not always about the tallest. It's not always about the oldest either. It was great to have one of our CP kids, Gideon, read this passage for us earlier. I had the privilege of baptizing Gideon in the Nashwalk River just a couple summers ago. Do you ever wonder, what does God have in store for Gideon and our other CP kids? Remember, man looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart. A few chapters back, we find out that the Lord considered David a man after his own heart. And we'll see in a few verses, this doesn't imply attractiveness or lack thereof. It has more to do with character. What only the Lord can see when no one else is watching. The Lord was watching when David tended to the sheep and the goats. The Lord was listening when David was writing songs and playing instruments. The Lord, who looks at the heart, found a man after his own heart. Let's read verses 8 through 10. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimei. But Samuel said, neither is this one the Lord has chosen. In the same way... All seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Did you catch that? The Lord has not chosen any of these. See, man looks at the face, but God looks at the heart. The Lord had a plan, not just for the second king of Israel, but for a king who would one day come through David's genealogy and rule forever. Yeah, Jesus, son of David. 
You should read Hannah's song later. It's found in 1 Samuel 2, the first 10 verses. There are three huge themes in that passage. God opposes the proud and exalts the humble. Despite human evil, God is at work and God will raise up a messianic king. That's a little bonus lesson, but it directly applies to the point of our story today. And hopefully you see that these great Bible stories in our summer series are really meant to whet your appetite for God's word. So spend some time in 1 Samuel this week. See how God speaks to you. I'm going to read verses 11 and 12 from the message paraphrase. Then he asked Jesse, is this it? Are there no more sons? Well, yes, there's the runt, but he's out tending the sheep. Samuel ordered Jesse, go get him. We're not moving from this spot until he's here. Jesse sent for him. He was brought in. The very picture of health, bright-eyed, good-looking. God said, up to your feet, anoint him. This is the one. <laughs> Is that all your sons? Well, there's the runt. See, David wasn't even invited to the sacrifice. Uh, he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. So Jesse gave his youngest son the lowest job, shepherd. Shepherd is a dirty job, but David held the position in high esteem when he wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. This was David's training ground. The Lord was his shepherd and David would shepherd God's people. And one day, a descendant of David would be the good shepherd forever. Verse 13, the final verse of our passage reads, So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought to anoint David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Samuel's current assignment had been completed. And here's what we've learned. The Lord selected David to be king. The Lord sent, da sent Samuel to anoint David. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Why? Because Samuel was obedient to the Lord's plan and command. I want to read that again. Samuel was obedient to the Lord's plan and command. I think if you're serious about doing it God's way, it's going to be God's way. It's going to be God's timing, and it's going to be God's choice for God's people. The Lord was fulfilling the people's desire to be ruled by a king. The Lord just had a different king in mind. David is highly regarded as Israel's greatest king. The Lord was going to set up a lasting kingdom through the line of David. I had the privilege of taking a week-long intensive course instructed by Dr. Victor P. Hamilton. He was professor of Old Testament and theology at Asbury University. Dr. Hamilton was on the translation team for the New Living Translation Bible, and he was partially responsible for translating Leviticus. Aside from our coursework, I learned a lot from him in just one week. Dr. Hamilton received his education from several schools, and there was one story he shared that stuck with me. While attending a Jewish university, he was having lunch with one of his friends from class. Knowing that his friend was raised Jewish, Dr. Hamilton said, we Christians have verses like John 3.16, that sort of sum up our faith. What verses or passages do you have? And his friend replied, genealogies. They show God's providence and care for us from generation to generation. 
Have you ever thought of genealogies like that during your Bible reading plan? The book right before 1 Samuel is Ruth. Here's how it ends. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. A little earlier, uh, when people heard of Obed's birth, they said, may this child be famous in Israel. Well, Obed did become famous. He was the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. Matthew's gospel opens with the genealogy from Abraham to Jesus, including several notable mothers like Ruth, the mother of Obed, and don't forget Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah, and the mother of Solomon. The genealogy concludes with Jesus, son of David, Jesus, the good shepherd, Jesus, king of kings. And Samuel played a role in God's plan. The genealogy shows God's providence and care from generation to generation, dirty laundry and all. God had a plan. Leadership of God's people went from a theocracy to a monarchy, and God was bringing it back to a theocracy. God provided a way forward. When he wanted a king, he was sure to choose the right one for the job. God was doing a special thing. Though it was very rare, the Lord spoke to Samuel. Samuel was taught to reply with, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Not just to listen, but to hear and obey. Samuel did as the Lord instructed. Samuel went along with the Lord's plan. Samuel was obedient to the Lord's plan and command. Man looks at the face, but God looks at the heart. David, we see, was a man after God's own heart. And Samuel probably wouldn't have found David on his own, but he was willing to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So what does God want to say to you? Will you hear? Will you obey? Samuel did as the Lord instructed. God speaks through his word, through his spirit. The Lord looks at the heart. He is looking for someone willing not just to listen, but to hear and obey. Will you take a quiet moment today and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Jesus is truly the good shepherd. Reading from John chapter 11, Jesus' words are this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me. For I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Listen to the voice of the good shepherd today. Father, thank you so much for both the reading of your word and, and just the way you've been speaking to us through this today. We want to learn what Samuel has learned to respond to you when you're speaking to us by saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. We don't want to just hear from you either. We want to be transformed. Uh, God, help us. We've seen how you've paved the way forward for so many. And so God, when you're asking us of something, uh, give us the boldness to trust that next step with you. Father, we thank you so much for this great Bible story series. Uh, I pray for those listening right now that have been hearing your word, uh, that they would continue uh, pursuing you and pursuing your word, realizing that although man looks at the face, God, you look at the heart. Thank you so much for that. We pray all these things 
In Jesus' name, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening.